Oh, you know these guys? I sure do. They know you. Much respected. Tremendous. They are rootsy. Yep. They are... They got it going on. They, yeah. That's they're happening. What was, that's what... They're happening. They work hard, they play hard. They, they play hard, they work hard. They look good, they feel they, good. That, yeah, we could have said the same Pretty thing. much all you need. You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, oh yeah, it's episode 127, it is SummerSlam Week 2017, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Here to preview SummerSlam and the third edition of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, they're happening this weekend on the WWE Network, and there are a million matches to, to preview, <laughs> and we'll talk about the build and all that that sort of thing, but we would be remiss if we did not send, uh, it's very cliched, but uh, send uh, good vibes and prayers and best wishes and positive thoughts and all that to Ric Flair and his family this week. The Nature Boy, obviously obviously going through some uh, major health issues, kind of some conflicting reports about what exactly those issues are, but um, I think Road Dog might have actually said this best on Twitter when he said, I don't know exactly what's wrong with Rick, but God does, and we just know that he needs our prayers. So uh, that's about all I got on Rick. You got anything you want to add? No, just pretty much pretty much the same. Uh, just echo your sentiments there. It's Everybody's pulling for you, and um, you know, best wishes to the family. And, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's not a fun situation to talk about, but so I think, but as far as we know, you know, as of the time we're recording this, nothing has happened yet. So, um, just every, everything you said, positive thoughts and, and, and well wishes and prayers to, to the, to the whole family there. On a much, much lighter note, the third edition of NXT takeover Brooklyn is this weekend. It is probably the takeover. I have least uh, looked forward to at least uh, the Brooklyn series. I'm sure it'll be a good show, as most takeovers are. But let's just run down match by match here. Johnny Gargano will be wrestling Andrade Almas. Uh, They've given Almas a valet, but he seems kind of to be designated jobber uh, to me, at least on these takeover shows. Got a feeling for which way that one will go, Liam? Yeah, I think think you probably... I think Gargano wins. Uh, It seems like they're kind of starting to build up his career as a singles wrestler and as you said they kind of they kind of use Almas as the guy who works with the guys who they're at, who they actually like um or or really want to push so um yeah I would I would suspect Gargano would win here but uh either way I bet it's a really good match because that's really I think the only thing Johnny Gargano is capable of having yeah it was uh, worth noting this week that in Triple H's Pre-takeover at conference call with the media, he really put over Gargano and said they're kind of trying to kick his singles push into gear here. And he also mentioned a man of the next match, Aleister Black, is a guy that had a limitless ceiling. And along those lines, uh, we talk about the Wrestling Observer a lot here on this show. We put them over all the time. 
Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer went to an NXT live event this week, and his takeaways from the show were Johnny Gargano is awesome, Mandy Rose is going to be a superstar, <laughs> and there's something special about Aleister Black. I believe we've uh, a blind man could see all three of those things, and that's not to knock Dave. I love Dave, but Aleister Black is wrestling Hideo Itami on this takeover in Brooklyn, and Itami, I think, is kind of going to fall into that Almas category here pretty soon, if he hasn't already, of being the guy that that jobs on takeovers and wins TV matches in between. you have a feeling for Black and Itami, and do you have any high hopes for this match, Liam? Yeah, I think it could be a fun match. The only thing is when you're when you've built up you they built they done a very good job of building up Alistair Black as this kind of unbeatable guy. They debuted both Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly against him and had him beat both of them. Uh, you know, he's beaten Cassius Ono on TV, he's beaten all these guys on TV, he's beaten Almas. Um so kind of having him against Atami, who they've they've they kind of tried to rebuild on uh, you know in the last few months after he lost to Rude, they they kind of turned him heel and he did kind of a, a TV program with with uh, Cassius Ono, but it doesn't really feel like I mean it feels like everybody like you said kind of knows where Atami's role is, so I don't think there's necessarily going to be a ton of drama or maybe not as much drama as there could be um, if Alistair Black was going in there with a guy who's a little more protected, but. That being said, I'm sure it'll still be a fine match. The Authors of Pain will be wrestling Sanity for the NXT tag titles on this show. I'm curious to see what the babyface heel reaction here is in this match. And I think the Authors of Pain are really good. And I am, I'm looking forward to this match. But do you think the, uh, the string of the tag match being the best on the, show, the best on a takeover show ends here? Uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that might be it. Um, for what it's worth on TV, they have been pushing the, the authors of pain as the baby faces in this, in this program. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see what kind of reaction, uh, these guys get. Obviously, you know, Eric Young and, uh, Killian Dane both kind of have the indie cred. So the more hardcore crowd might, might side with sanity, but. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun match. As uh, I believe we mentioned last week, we uh, we saw this match um, in uh, NXT came to uh, the Hartford County Bel Air area uh, just a few months ago, and they did Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane against the two uh, authors of Pain guys, and it was a fine match then. So I think with a with a hot crowd, it could it could still be very fun. I would bet. Is uh, Mr. Archie coming through on the background there? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. He's loudly slurping his water, coming over to investigate. Hi, Mr. Archie. Uh, Asuka versus Ember Moon for the NXT Women's Championship. Is this finally uh, the end of Asuka's long undefeated run in NXT? I hope not. <laughs> uh, I said on Twitter the other day, I think she should retire undefeated. So, Fair. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If if you're moving her up and you think, you know, now's the time and they're going to move her up after SummerSlam, uh, then I guess, yeah, you should have her put over the next top baby face or the next whoever's going to be the next face of that NXT women's division. And I presume that's Ember Moon. At least that's how how she's been pushed for the, for the last uh, six months or so. 
But, uh, yeah, no, I think it'll be a very good match. The match they had over WrestleMania weekend was good. And in that match, they did manage to get at least half the crowd to cheer for Ember. So, uh, speaking of crowd reactions, I think this match will be very interesting because I think there's always the chance that Asuka's just going to be really over as a babyface. I mean, it's really hard to not cheer someone who has, like, a, I don't know, 200-match winning streak or whatever she has. and uh, Yeah, so I, I'll be interested in the crowd reaction, but I think either way it'll be a good match. Do you have any feeling for whether or not this is it? Yeah, I think this is it. I think it's uh, it'll be Ember Moon's carnation. And she was shockingly over to me. I mean, not that she doesn't deserve it. She's very good. And uh, she worked very hard, but she was really over at that house show that we went to, like to a surprising degree to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I you know, I kind of feel like when Oscar beat Bailey, like it felt like oh Bailey should never lose. It's not the time to beat Bailey, but sometimes you just have to do it. And I think you just have to. I think you yeah somebody has to beat Oscar, and I don't see anybody else on the horizon right now. Um. So sure, it may as well be Ember Moon, uh, and let's let's go ahead and do it this Saturday. Uh, what are your feelings on whether or not we get an Adam Cole baby cameo on this Takeover show? Yeah, I would I would ex- expect it. Um, it what what role he's in? If he's in the you know how they debuted Bobby Roode and a couple other guys where he's just sitting front row. Um. I guess that's fine. Um, I wouldn't do that. I would probably if if he's if he's there, I'd have him cut a promo. Uh, But but we'll see. Um, But yeah, I think certainly. I mean, it seems like it's pretty definite now that he's in. So I I mean I if I was them, I'd be getting him on my TV as soon as I you know as soon as possible. Then the main event of Takeover Brooklyn three is Bobby Roode defending the NXT Championship against, as they're billing him, the undefeated Drew McIntyre. And any feelings on whether or not we get a title change here? I haven't seen enough of the build to this match to have a gut feeling one way or the other as uh, as to where which way this one's going to go. Uh, to me, I think it's, it's not going to be a title change here. I think they've still pretty much focused on... Uh, they're still seemingly building to a rematch between Rude and Roger Strong. Uh, so I think they, and they did on the go home show for Annex for the takeover show, the show that aired, uh, this, this past Wednesday, they did a match where if Roderick beat Drew, he got a, uh, a, a future title shot against rude. And I believe, uh, Roddy wins by DQ. So it seems like they're still setting up. Roddy's going to get another title match. Maybe that's at the takeover they do before survivor series or, or something like that. But uh, yeah, so I, it seems more like Drew's just kind of the, the stopgap. Um, I mean, I guess there are options. You could, you could have Drew win the title and then turn heel. And then when Roddy goes to finally win the title, it could be from Drew, I suppose. But I really think um, just based on what they've done, that uh, if, if Roddy's going to win the NXT title, it really should be from, uh, from Bobby Roode. That is the third edition of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. It is this Saturday on WWE Network. And then Sunday is SummerSlam. If you, if, 
I placed a gun to your head and asked you to bet whether or not this show would be over before or after 11.30 p.m., would you say before or after, Liam? <laughs> um, well, they announced they're doing, like, the bracket special for the Mae Young Classic right after. Uh, so maybe hopefully that means that SummerSlam will end like at like eleven oh five, but uh, I don't I don't think we'll be that lucky. So I like I'll say I'll uh, I think it's a push right now. I could see it going to like right about eleven thirty. Oh my word! Didn't it go to like eleven twenty last year? I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Ever since that this year's WrestleMania went to like after midnight on the East Coast, I I. I, I don't know. Everything, everything. I just assume everything will go forever. The last Raw show went off the air at like 11.05, and it was like a breath of fresh air because they didn't go to 11.40 like they usually do. I uh, In watching Raw this week, I saw them do the Cruiserweight title change on that show, and they had Bauer and White on that show, and I thought, oh, good. They're really making a concerted effort not to overbook the show on Sunday, and so they're going to, you know, blow off a couple of those matches here on raw and then they did them and they're doing them again on Sunday. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, no, that's well, at least you could say that, uh, like there's a reason to do a rematch for the, for the Finn and Bray thing. Um, like, I don't know why you would do the match and the big title change for the cruiserweight title on a random raw after Neville's been champion for like eight months or whatever that, that to me made less sense than the, than the Finn and Bray stuff. Uh, we'll get into that Finn and Bray stuff. My word. Uh, let's start with uh, the pre-show. The new day, uh, will be uh, defending their tag team SmackDown tag team titles against the Usos. We saw some combination of this match on SmackDown this week. And again, I thought, Oh, well they're just doing it on SmackDown. So they don't overbook uh, SummerSlam. No, it'll be a different, it was a non-title match and there'll be a different combination of new day defending against the Usos on Sunday on the SummerSlam pre-show. Uh, it feels pretty quick to flip the title back to the Usos, but it doesn't feel like there are really any other tag teams ready. What do you think about this match on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the New Day retains here. Um, you're right in that they, there are not a lot of other tag teams that are that are ready. Um, I mean, you have theoretically, I guess you maybe have Harper and Rowan waiting in the wings, and um, beyond that, it's really I guess you have the hype. You could try turning the hype bros heel. Um, I think to a certain percentage of the audience, they're already heels. Um, but uh, yeah, not not a lot of tag teams ready, so they could just trade the titles back and forth for another month or two, just because, as you mentioned, they don't really have anybody else ready to go for the new day. Also on the pre-show, Akira Tozawa will be defending his newly won. <laughs> All right, hello, Mister Archie. <laughs> All right, Archie, calm down. <laughs> Sorry, that's our new intern, Mister Archie. <laughs> He's a big improvement over Chip. I got to give him that. Yes, Chip was fired, everyone. That's how we're ending the storyline. Chip was fired. When when Ethan moved out of the Anheuser-Busch studios, he left Chip there. We uh hang on. He's he's walking on the computer. <laughs> All right. Uh 
Tazawa won the Cruiserweight title from Neville on Raw, and he'll be defending it against him on the pre-show here. I am happy to see babyfaces that get along and like each other, and so I'm all for the Titus brand right now. And I don't think Neville will win it right back, but they seem to just break up teams that I enjoy. So, what do you think? What, what do you think? Are we headed towards the Titus brand breakup here already? Do we get uh, Neville uh, being vanquished again? What are your thoughts on this? On the either the title change on Monday or the match on Sunday? Yeah, no, I think Tazawa holds it at least for a little bit here, because um, I think I just if you look at it from the side from the Neville side. Because they, you know, they have nine or ten guys on, uh, you know, on that show, and Neville's pretty much run through all of them, at least all the baby faces. Uh, so I could see Tozawa holding it. It might be the sort of in similar vein to the way Triple H books NXT, where Tozawa holds it for two months and then drops it to the next heel who keeps it for eight months. But uh, yeah, I think for right now, I think that the Titus brand is good and. Took them like a decade, but they did finally find the right role for Titus O'Neil. Babyface manager, who knew? Cesaro, yeah. Cesaro and Sheamus will be uh, defending the Raw tag title against the newly reformed t- Ambrose and Rollins team. All right, Mr. Archie. Um, <laughs> to me, they waited a week or two too long to get Ambrose and Rollins back together. What do you think of the, of the build for this? And uh, would you go ahead and put the titles on them? I think Sheamus is leaving to film a movie soon, so that might answer our question. Yeah, um, as far as the build goes, I really liked almost everything they did, except for the one where Dean put his hand out finally, and Seth, and then Seth was the one that walked away. I thought that was like one too many uh, uh, swerves for my taste. I just would, I thought. What needs to happen is Seth needs to be the good guy the whole way through, and Dean has to be the one that finally puts, you know, has to be the one that finally, you know, shakes his hand. Um, and they never, and uh, they decided to kind of do a little extra swerve and wait one more week before putting him together. But uh, the crowd in Boston uh, went crazy for when they finally did the the fist bump. So. Uh, it still worked. Like, yeah, I kind of think maybe the, the, the show in, I believe it was in Toronto, would have been the one where I pulled the trigger on it. But uh, it still worked. It was still a good angle. Um, and uh, we got our, our Mega Powers handshake moment. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, I did like the, I did, li- I have pretty much liked everything having to do with this angle. Sorry, Archie's kicking the microphone. This is very unprofessional. I apologize. Uh, John Cena versus Baron Corbin. John Cena is like ninth from the top on this SummerSlam show. <laughs> Baron Corbin. Oh, yeah. Baron Corbin cashed in Money in the Bank and failed on SmackDown. I thought for sure they were going to do the thing where the guy goes to cash in. And then there's a uh, a swerve at the last minute and it's not an official cash in. But no, apparently he, uh, he peed in somebody's Cheerios or something because he... Uh, cashed in unsuccessfully. You think they've given up on Corbin already? And uh, what do you think about the Cena and Corbin on Sunday? They've been hot and cold with Corbin, like really this entire year. Like I went back over what he's done this year. Uh, he eliminated. He was the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Archie desperately Mr. Archie. wants to make his podcast debut. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Baron Corbin eliminated Braun Strowman from the Rumble. So that's like a pretty big deal. Then they didn't. Then they went to Mania. Him and Dean were on the pre-show for the Intercontinental title, and Dean just beat him clean. And then they didn't really do anything with him for a while, and then he lost to Sami Zayn clean on pay-per-view. Then a few weeks later, he won. Uh, he won Money in the Bank. Um, and then he got to stand tall over Nakamura on that really bad SmackDown pay-per-view last month. And then they just had Nakamura beat him on TV like two days later. And then they had Cena. They had the bit where he attacked Cena after the Nakamura match. Cena made his own comeback and uh, AA'd him through the table. And then last week on the show, Cena called him a skinny fat dumpster fire. And uh, and then he lost his cash in. So, yeah, this is this is feeling like the the original Drew McIntyre push at this point. Um, although, to be fair with Drew, they were pretty consistent pushing him for about a year before giving up on him and, and crushing him. But, uh, yeah, it seems like for whatever reason, whether it's they just don't like the way he's progressed or if it had something to do with him getting in arguments with soldiers on Twitter, who knows? <laughs> but, but... Archie has very strong feelings about this. <laughs> you know, you know, Chip was pretty quiet, at least. <laughs> there is that. Um, he did have that going for him. He was also responsible for every audio issue we've ever had on our podcast, though. So the trade off is there. <laughs> So yeah, I think I fully expect Corbin to probably get AA and then tap out to the uh, the STF on Sunday because it really feels like whatever whatever the tipping point was on them kind of seesawing on liking him and not liking him, it really seems like they're really far. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll stop talking about Baron Corbin now. I think Cena's gonna win. <laughs> Uh, Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. I hated. I hated everything about what they did on Monday. It was so dumb. Uh, I hate this Bray Wyatt feud for Finn. I would rather him be feuding with almost anyone else on the roster. I preferred the Drifter feud really to this Bray Wyatt mess. I thought the the acidic liquid thing was stupid. Even Jericho was mocking that like on Instagram this week. Ugh. So they're painting up, Finn's painting up on Sunday. So I guess there's that. We'll get a uh, a cool entrance that will prolong the show even more. <laughs> well, the entrance will probably be better than the match. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's like three billion ways you could have gotten to Finn putting on the paint besides just having him lose clean to, to Bray Wyatt. But that's what they did. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, every Finn, ba- uh, every uh, every Bray Wyatt feud is death, and this is no exception. So hopefully Finn just pins him clean, and we all move on with our lives. I would be in favor of that. I have my doubts. Um, big show and big cast with Enzo in a oh. shark cage above the ring. I I will say I thought Cass did well on the mic on Monday, and he's been doing well for himself on the mic. I don't think he does anyone any favors to feed with Big Show, but because he's a star from the period where Vince was his most successful, 
he must be on my television for the rest of my life. So uh, we got to keep Big Show strong. He's got to put Big Show over in this feud. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to think about Big Show and Big Cass uh, wrestling, presumably over the title of Big. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about the show and cast? What's Enzo's uh, long-term future? Why is a babyface manager in a shark cage? I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing really to say. Like you said, Cass has done fine. Uh, Enzo still cuts really great promos, but he and they're clearly not interested in otherwise. So I guess he's just. Big Show's manager now, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, people are were already saying, oh, maybe they'll cast back together, and Enzo's going to turn heel. It's like, fine, do it. I don't, I don't know. I just this, yeah, this feud does really nothing for me. I've seen Big Show and Big Cast have a couple. You know, they had the match on Raw a couple of weeks ago, and it was not good. So I don't expect this to be any different. This is probably the match where we get like CM Punk chance. That's what I'm saying. Randy Orton versus Rusev. Oh. I don't know why these guys are wrestling. I don't know why this is on SummerSlam. <laughs> I just like I'm growing. Like there's all these matches I completely forgot about. But yes, Randy Orton fresh off pinning the WWE World Champion clean is wrestling another random guy. Um, I, I'm sure it'll be okay. I think there'll probably be a lot of squeezing in this match. And uh, that's about it. AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens for the United States Championship with your guy, Shane, uh... as the special guest referee in this match. Shane was put over very strong in the in the final angle on SmackDown this week, building to this match. AJ versus Owens. And because Shane was also on television during the period where Vince was his most successful, and because he saved WrestleMania last year, uh, Shane will also be on television for the rest of my natural life. Uh, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. I don't feel like they've been clicking. How about you? Yeah, I think they had one pretty good match on a SmackDown pay-per-view, and then they had the one really bad match with the weird finish, and then they did the three-way with Jericho, which was also good. So, uh, I mean, I think it, hopefully it'll be fine. Um it's it like are, are they going to do Kevin Owens and Shane at like Survivor Series or something? I don't know why you'd be. Short answer: Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's going to make me sad. Um, but I don't know. I the their their weird pay per view match with the with the botched or maybe not botched finish, notwithstanding. Sure, seems it seems almost impossible that these guys would have would have a bad match, but yeah, I I would agree that this feud overall has been been clicking. I will say, I think it's been the promos have been pretty good as far as Kevin Owens has kind of dropped the uh, face of America thing, which I think was really just not working. Um, so I would like to see him continue to not do the face of America gimmick and just be Kevin Owens. I think that's better for everybody. Um, so we'll see, but I, I guess I, I suspect AJ will win here and, and move on to geez. I don't even know 
who who's uh who's out there but uh i guess maybe depending on what other smackdown heels win matches on this show maybe that will inform uh who aj will feud with next ziggler's been off tv for a while maybe ziggler at some point i don't think i don't think they're doing faces and heels right now i'm i'm i don't know why anyone anyone else hasn't picked up on this but they're really not doing faces and heels right now. So there's no reason that Randy Orton or Rusev, probably Orton, um, can't come out of that match and end up I mean, feuding. you're right. You're right, except for, like, the announcers still act like they are. So either, like, you need to clue in, like, JBL and Booker T uh, and whoever else, like, or or just, or just, you know, actually start booking baby faces and heels again. Because oh. they're still like most of the announcers are still reacting to guys who get booed like they're baby faces or guys who get no reaction like they're baby faces, like Jason Jordan or Roman Reigns or somebody on SmackDown, I'm sure. So like all you gotta do is like just kinda treat it if you wanna start doing com- then you gotta start doing like more neutral commentary because JBL's still out there being a homer for all the heels and and same with Graves on Raw. So you, you got you gotta like Somebody smarten up the announcers if that's the case that they're not doing baby face and heels anymore. That's totally that's a totally fair point. I I do think I mean JBL's total baby face now. I mean Naomi came out this week and he he literally hugged Naomi on SmackDown. Like after the Morrow thing, JBL has been a total baby face. Um, I guess he still does put over Jinder, but Jinder I think they're trying to make a baby face to India. Uh, you know he does the you know Death to America promos every week. Um, but you're right about Graves. Graves is generally a heel commentator on Raw. But I like that there are even a heel. There's even a heel or two that Graves doesn't like, like the Drifter. Like uh, <laughs> that's that's very Bobby Heenan to me. Like you know, he there are certain heels that he has still has a personal issue with doing that. And I'm enjoying Graves on Raw. Really, I look for any highlights in that three hour show every week, and Graves is generally a bright spot. But I don't. Yeah, I- consider- I don't disagree with you. Yeah, no, I I like the raw announced team for the most part. I like I like I know Booker T's not like good, but I still think he's significantly better than uh any of the other kind of robotic play uh color commentator guys that they have on the other shows. So I'm I'm pretty happy with the raw announced team and as we've we've both mentioned several times, we think Cole kind of gets a bad rap. I think he does a fine job, so yeah, I think the Raw announced team is probably the best it's been in a very long time. Naomi versus Natty for the SmackDown Women's title. I don't think Natty is in their long-range plans as a champion, but it's the SmackDown Women's title. Does it really matter if you switch it here? I, I predict Naomi will get a victory here. How about you? Yeah, I mean, you have... Speaking of people, like Carmella, I guess Carmella could cash in. They've been teasing that, um, but yeah. Otherwise, the, I just I just imagine like these two women are going to come out and the crowd is just going to be silent. Um, cause, uh, but I'm sure it'll be a, a pretty decent match, though. So, um, yeah, I could see maybe this being the spot for the Carmella cash in. Honestly, I I don't I don't have any hard evidence to back that up, but. I don't know. It just feels like maybe it's maybe it's the time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, wouldn't be shocked by that at all. I was shocked 
when Sasha Banks beat Nia Jax on Raw in her hometown to go on to for the right to face Alexa Bliss this Sunday at SummerSlam. Alexa versus Sasha for the Raw Women's title. Sure feels like that uh, the baby face should go over here, but God only knows. Uh, were you surprised by the outcome on Monday? Um, did you immediately buy a new legit Boss Town t-shirt during Raw? And uh, what, are your, what is your prediction on... Uh, I mean, because, you know, I would assume that most uh, male viewers did. And uh, what's your prediction uh-huh. for, for the match this Sunday? Well, uh, yeah, I haven't... Uh... I haven't gotten my shirt, but, uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit. My, I mean, my thought immediately was that Sasha was going to win when, when it was announced Bailey was hurt. But then you kind of put the doubt in my mind on our show last week when you mentioned, oh, by the way, it's Raw's in Sasha's hometown. I was like, well, that doesn't sound good. Because last time Raw was, or the last time they were in Sasha's hometown, and it would have made a lot of sense to have Sasha win. They didn't. That was the Hell in a Cell match. So... Uh, yeah, you kind of put the doubt in my mind, so I was a little surprised. Yeah, I again, kind of the same thing with the Neville thing. I feel like there's not a lot you can do with Alexa as champion at this point because there's like two babyface women on the show, and she's wrestled both of them a million times, so I almost think you probably have to switch the title to Sasha. Um... But we'll we'll see. I I I I I haven't really thought about this because the what? raw women the raw women's division to me is just so stale and stagnant um, that I just don't I don't I I never have any feel for what they do because they just kind of do the same three matches over and over and have since uh, whenever the draft that brought Alexa to Raw was so. Uh, it's just like it's just kind of the same thing, and it feels like we're probably just gonna get Sasha versus Alexa probably at least through next month, and we'll probably get Sasha and Naya a few more times. And uh, yeah, that's kind of all we got right now. And they did give Mickey James a win on Raw, so maybe she'll slide into that number two baby face uh women's spot while Bailey's hurt. But uh, you know, I actually want to talk about that for 12 seconds here. Uh, That'll teach course, Emma yeah. to try to get her. <laughs> that'll teach Emma to try to get herself over on Twitter. Um, if we learned anything this week from Emma and Baron Corbin, it's don't go on Twitter ever. Never tweet. Just <laughs> never tweet. That's a, a pretty good rule of thumb. And as, also, as was once also, said uh, by by Dave Meltzer, <laughs> don't be Matt Hardy on Twitter. Exactly, and you know the announcers treated that as a total joke of a match and were openly mocking the work uh, during the match, which I don't know. Obviously it wasn't, it didn't set set, set anybody's world on fire, but it was not a bad match. And the announcers was just joking their way through it. Like I, I know it was just there to teach Emma a lesson, but the announcers certainly didn't help. I don't know. Yeah, hashtag give Emma a chance. What I'm saying. Don't don't you know? Don't try to be better or try to better your your own situation. Um, That's right. Yeah, just don't do it. And don't Don't. have like don't have an accent. One thing I want to mention, Ethan, though, is that don't blame Emma. Okay. (laughs) I know a lot of you think Emma booked herself to look like an idiot on Raw the last month, but she would never do that to herself. She's not that kind of gal. 
she's she's a family gal. <laughs> That's right. She's a, she's a good family gal. Uh, Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal for the WWE <laughs> Championship. <laughs> uh, imagine, imagine this. If I told you this match would be booked for SummerSlam, say two years ago or three years ago. <laughs> Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura are going to be wrestling for the WWE title on SummerSlam in 2017. <laughs> I think they're I think they're switching the title here. How about you? Boy, I hope so. Um, I mean, I'm certainly more interested now that the the the, the Baron Corbin sized cloud is no longer hanging over the title now that that Money in the Bank briefcase is done. But uh, yeah, I, it's time, man. It's been time. It's time again to take that title off of gender. Like whatever you're doing with gender, you can still do it without him being the champion. So I think, yeah, I think it's time to, to change the title. And I think it's, and I would very much like to see Shinsuke Nakamura win the WWE championship. I think that would be pretty rad. So let's, let's, let's hope for that. And the main event of this show, Brock Lesnar, defending the universal title against Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, and Braun Strowman. I thought they went to the pull-apart well one too many times. <laughs> um, it gets a big reaction every time, but I feel like the next time they need to they need to go to it, uh, that reaction might not be good there. They've used and overused it so much in building to this match. Um, but I also don't think Paul Heyman's promos... He's doing these half-fake shoot promos where he keeps mentioning Brock going to UFC without saying Brock might go to UFC. Um, and it's just, you know, talking about guys being in a cage, wink, wink, or putting Brock in a cage, wink, wink. It's like that stuff is not getting over in 2017. It, And I'm obviously Paul's the greatest, um, best manager since Heenan, but his promos aren't working in, in getting this thing over. Brock's not losing the title. I don't know. I guess my question would be for you. If Brock is working the next pay-per-view, and I believe he is, who do you think Brock's working with coming out of the SummerSlam? Because I don't think he's losing the title. Based on the ending to Raw, it's, to me it's Brock and Braun is the uh, is the match. Just the fact that they made they went out of their way to basically make sure they never touched besides, you know, a couple of punches. Um. So it seems like they, at least that's what they think, that's where the money is. Um, so, yeah, based on just what we saw this past Monday, I bet I, I would I would be willing to bet that it's it's probably Brock and Braun coming out of that match. And you can probably have Joe and Joe and Roman do a, a singles match on the undercard of that show. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of where I was. That's kind of the way I was feeling. Uh, what about you? I think Cena is coming to Raw, and um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Cena and Lesnar one more time. Uh, and then, I mean, if we're not getting Roman until Mania, which I still think might be the plan, uh, <laughs> well, I'm operating under the, the auspices that we're still getting Roman and Brock at, at Mania. And... Um, we've seen the Joe match and they're kind of doing the Joe match around the horn when Brock does his house show appearances. So that leaves Braun. But I think 
Roman is going to or uh, Brock is going to defend the title um, at Royal Rumble or Survivor Series or sometime between the next pay-per-view and Mania again. So I think that's when we get Braun and I think we get Brock and Cena uh, here in September, October. But I don't know. I That's just my gut feeling. I don't know why Cena's going to Raw otherwise, but I don't, yeah, I no, don't know. That would make sense. I mean, to me, I, I mean, I figured that was to set up the eventual Cena and Roman match. Um, Could be, but but I I believe you're right in that. I believe Cena is advertised for Raw shows in in September. Um, so that I mean that would certainly lend credence. He's got to do something. I don't know who else he'd be going over there to work with. And no one really jumps out at you. I mean, what Bray Wyatt? You know, I mean, we've seen that. Right. Uh, we've seen Brock too, but. I don't know. I would I would do it. I would, you know, it doesn't do anything for me at this point, but I could see why they want to do it one more time. Assuming Brock's not going to resign, and I don't know if he will or won't, but I would be operating right now under the assumption that Brock's not resigning, and let's just try to get as many quote-unquote money matches as we can between now and April, you know? That makes sense, yeah. Uh, it's not something I really thought about, but uh, the way you laid it out makes sense to me. Uh, that's SummerSlam. It's this Sunday on WWE Network, and we hope you enjoy it. And uh, I like to say that we went uh, 11 minutes longer than I wanted this week because of our new intern, uh, Mr. Archie, or <laughs> Ar- Archie kicking the microphone 100 times, and because I had to take six minutes to talk about Emma and Mickey James. Uh, <laughs> bang, bang. Uh, I'm very sorry. That's all I got, Liam. Got anything else? Uh, I think that's uh, it's about time to go on home. Let's try to make this show a little bit shorter than uh, how long SummerSlam will feel. Uh, until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the elite podcast network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys.
let's try to get done by 10 so I can watch Jay Leno's Garage. <laughs> Tonight, the Papa John episode. No, that was last week when CNBC tried to ruin my entire week. <laughs> <laughs> it was atrocious. It's like, uh, this has got to be a rib. <laughs> Someone at CNBC is just effing with me now. <laughs> I have uh, I have a television on in the background here. I was hoping that when we would end uh, that maybe I could do a little bit of running live commentary on Jay Galeno's Garage. Just he's uh this episode is Jay. Uh he's riding stock cars with uh Kyle and Richard Petty. And it's just a lot of Jay's big stupid face grinning, uh (laughs) sitting in the passenger seat of stock cars driving around a racetrack with uh people that probably voted for Trump. And I would bet uh, do- dollars to donuts have stars and bars flying somewhere on their property, mm. uh, riding around a, a track. It's, I don't know. How much do you think Jay gets? Do you think Jay's like, you know, re- kept relatively close to the same salary he was for tonight's show? Uh, I bet because I he was such a good boy ballpark. for so many years. I bet it's in the ballpark. I mean, the fact that he didn't just go get another talk show somewhere, yeah, would tell me that they probably paid him a lot of money to keep him in the family. I I bet they're taking care of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like guess he... they should, right? I mean they did so much so damn much to keep him. Oh, uh, he's a he's abysmal, but he made them a lot of money. Sure. <laughs> should take care of him. Right. Commerci- commercially he was the best choice. I mean Yeah. I mean that. I mean that's the part that always sucks about, uh, you know, the kind of the what what could have been if you had just cut ties with him and let him go to ABC or whatever, and mm-hmm. and you know maybe Conan could have grown his audience and and all, and been a big powerhouse in late night too, but, um, you know it's but as far as like let's make as much money as we can right now, it's like yeah no Jay Jay was the guy for that. Yeah, I still think when they signed the, the the five more years of of Conan doing late night in two thousand four or whenever that was, when he was at his absolute apex, that's when they screwed up. It's like that's when Conan was good and hip and had the momentum. I mean, he's still good at certain things, and I like that he's still doing you know a talk show, <laughs> uh, the format of a talk show that I grew up with and that I enjoy, but. I mean, he's, you know, no one's watching Conan anymore. And every, no. you know, Conan was the hot thing in 2004. Right. And, I mean, and now he, I mean, he was kind of one of the first guys who figured out, okay, we should start doing like the three minute bits that we can put up on, you know, YouTube or online, which yeah. other guys have kind of maybe arguably done better than him now, but. Yeah. So he was. Yeah, he was. He was kind of a. I think he kind of saw the writing on the wall for like broadcast television versus you know how people were going to consume their media. But yeah, as far as his actually watching his show on TV at this point, I I can't imagine it's it's strong viewership. Jay Leno was walking through a state fair, sipping a blue snow cone and carrying a piece of corn on the cob. <laughs> 
Oh, let me tell you about this event I worked on Saturday, by the way. This All garbage right. town in PA. Um, <laughs> All right. So Lancaster. I had, I had to it's it's called Red Lion it's called Red Lion. Okay. Uh it's near York. It's, right over the line, right? Yeah. It's not too yeah, it's it's you know, from Bel Air it's about fifty minutes away. It's not it's not far. Right over the Mason Dixon line. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to get there at like seven thirty AM. Which means I have to be at the office to drive the van. I'm doing all of the setup and teardown for this event by myself. Um so I have to dr- so I go over to the office, get the van, yeah. it's like six forty in the morning. Uh drive there. It's it's kind it's kinda of tough to set up. We have like a an overhang tent thing that's hard to set up by yourself. So I'm just kind of in a bad mood anyway. And uh, you know, get everything set up and it's hot. It's just a miserable day, and there's so many people walking around with freaking stars and bars t shirts and hats. Oh my and, gosh. And <laughs> on Saturday. On just like a random Saturday. And and then there's just like there's three dudes who walk by. They're all wearing they're on like boot cut jeans and tight t shirts and cowboy hats on and they all had their freaking guns, like but like an open open carry, just sitting right on their hips. I'm like, why don't you just carry a neon sign that says, "I have the smallest dick in the world." <laughs> um, <laughs> I was, just, I was like, I was so I'm like, I'm trying to be like good salesman, and I got I got some leads out of it, and the and the girl who worked with me got some too, so it was kind of a successful day. But like, <laughs> just. But like the whole day, I'm like, I'm trying to actively hold back my loathing of like every person I see. Now, thankfully, I'm pretty good at that because I worked retail for a long time. But right. I worked retail in Harford County, Maryland, for a long time, so I know how to <laughs> I know how to bottle my rage. But uh, so, you grew up in the family you grew up in, <laughs> right? It's one thing I know how to do. It's not express my emotions. Um, yes. So, so then it's like the event's supposed to go to a four at like two thirty. This guy who's working the event who has like no teeth comes up to me. He's like, "You gotta, sh- you gotta shut down now because there's a storm coming in." It's like there's a storm. Co- what is it? A tornado? Like what are you talking about? <laughs> and so, uh, so I, I look at my phone and it's like there's like a thirty percent chance of rain in two hours. I was like, well, "It's not gonna take me two hours to break down, but whatever." So. Me and the girl start, you know, kind of break things down a little bit. She's not going to lift anything, though. So I start carrying all my stuff to the van, which is parked kind of like it's parked like a block away and down an alley. So it's it's a little bit of a, of a trip because I have like a, a window display and a door and some other stuff. And so I'm basically carrying all this stuff. And eventually I just say, you know what? F this. I'm just going to drive the van down this street and to to where my stuff is. And I'll just put it in the van. Right, but uh, it's like theoretically, other people were doing it, so I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be like a jerk for doing this. I'll just, I'll just, right. you know, I'll just do it. Just go get the van. So drive the van around, and then I just, I get a part, I could double park it, you know, and it's just, just, just everyone has parked like their truck or their van or their trailer, just like in the middle of the road. <laughs> like nobody's actually parking on the side so like there's still a lane like a middle lane so pe- that people can get through like everybody uh-huh. and there's people with trailers and they're just there's all over the place 
So I get my stuff and I and I you know pack it all up in my van and then I just sit in my van for thirty minutes and there's like nobody seems particularly interested in like moving their truck and I'm going around asking is this you know anyone know whose truck this is I can't back up I can't go forward <laughs> finally finally somebody moves the truck behind me which allows the person with the trailer in front of me to get around me and go the other way and I finally have a path to get to get off of freaking main street and red lion pa the new worst place in america <laughs> and uh yeah and then i and then i drove home on the way home i uh i just got sucked behind several several people who don't seem to understand like the concept of speed limits <laughs> so and like, but I can't do like what I would do in my car because I'm in a company vehicle. So I can't like speed around them and flip them off. Like, right. not, I'm not saying I would right. do that. I would do the speed around them <laughs> at least. Um, Hypothetically speaking, of course. When I drive alone, I'm very angry. Um, <laughs> but I can't do that in a company car. So right. I, I managed to finally like find a passing, an actual passing lane where I can get around these people. And finally, you know, Another hour later. So even though we we were closed down two and a half hours early, I still didn't get home until like or back to the office until like four thirty. I was like, Ugh. okay, this. <laughs> so that's my new least favorite place to travel to is the town of Red Lion, PA. And right at the sign, right when you come into the town, there's a sign that notes Red Lion is called Red Lion because of a pub. In that's right inside the limits. That's called the Red Lion Inn or something. It's like that bunch of Confederate drunks, just <laughs> in the worst town in America. Red Lion. All their all their street signs are like yellow with like a, a red lion on them. I'm like, oh, get over yourselves! Just put the green and white sign, you dorks. <laughs> We have to have special street signs so we feel important for our stupid little town. It's atrocious. Ugh. Atrocious. Small town in America is the worst. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Can we go like develop some of Kansas or something where there's absolutely <laughs> nothing and <laughs> start over? <laughs> just take a mulligan. Just <laughs> yeah. I'd move. I'd just say let's screw it. I'm moving to Hawaii, but. Uh... I don't know. Pretty close to North Korea. <laughs> we didn't talk about it's the indie. Show. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't talk about the indie show I went to, and that's probably oh, yeah. for the best. Probably for the best. <laughs> Not a good show. I don't know. There was like Ethan Page and um, ACH are a tag team called the Troll Boys. And they do okay. like it's total comedy. They do running commentary on their own match, kind of like Kevin Owens, but uh-huh. totally breaking the fourth wall, breaking kayfabe kind of stuff. It's really entertaining for what it is. It doesn't. It wouldn't work anywhere else on the earth. Right. As- aside from that, it's a bunch of guys that weren't particularly skilled. That would were just chopping the shit out of each other because, it, um, the sound is going to get a pop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, there's a guy or two that had good looks that I could see WWE be interested in, but um, they also had a back knee. So it's like, okay, well, if you go to WWE, you're not going to be able to keep that look because right. you're artificial. 
So I don't know. And I mean, Matt Riddle, if he wasn't a pothead, would be main eventing WrestleMania next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, he didn't work very hard. Leo Rush didn't work very hard because he's getting ready to go to NXT. You know what I mean? Right. So they main evented. They did like a 10 minute match and there was nothing particularly memorable about it. Like, I don't know. It's cool going to a wrestling show and sitting second row Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But uh, not nothing memorable, memorable at all about it. Gotcha. So great story. (laughs) (laughs) I try to keep on keeping on.